Giant freaking frogs! I'm talking like these bad boys was huge. I mean, and they have them like in they have them like in the metal bowls that we use, and then they just like have a net covering over it. So those they like hop and hop and hop and I'm like, oh my god! Why are snakes and frogs and eels and everything just sitting out there? But like, if you eat those things, it's great because you get it like nice and fresh. They cut it open and everything for you, and then mm-hmm. they also would have like oysters and clams and you know every single type of seafood squid shrimp like huge shrimp like i've really seen some really huge shrimp here when i look at the shrimp it makes me not want to eat it because they really look uh, gross but you know everything everything is fresh the thing is everything is fresh so whatever it is that you may like you could get it real fresh every day right at the market like they will cut that chicken head off in the front of you and pick that, pluck that, and cut that bad boy up and give that to you so you'll be good. You have some nice fresh chicken. They got duck and all of that stuff like that. So that's the type of stuff I see when I go to the market. Wednesday is my market day. Okay. So in yeah. Danang, it's not, it's not technically a uh, seaside. Like part of it is part by ocean or sea or something like that, but it's also landlocked, right? So it's, they have a coastline, like you mentioned. You're looking for a beach and, of course, the wet market. But the other side that, attaches to the rest of the continent like have you been on that side of it like what happens there is, are the markets different the deep you go into the um, land i don't know because i've only been on the coastal side of vietnam so far um i haven't been able to really go anywhere else but i intend to um you know travel a little bit more of the country before i leave because i mean why waste a good crisis i'm here i might as well see the country i'm probably not going to come back here anymore because i've already had my fill yeah, but yeah. i have plans to do um just a couple of cities like but i heard that it's really um bad in some of the bigger cities um when i say bad i mean like um People are like grabbing your purses and phones and stuff like that. So wow. I'm not like all excited to go. I may pop in for like a day or two and then just come back here. But this is really like, it, I guess it's touristy. And I guess that's why I'm comfortable here. It doesn't feel touristy right now because it ain't that many people. Right. But it's a tourist city because it has the beach. Um, and then I've been to another city called Hoi An, which is also coastal. Um, but I haven't been anywhere else yet. In, in Vietnam. So because it's more of a touristic site being near the the water, do many um, citizens speak English as well, or is it just always that language barrier? No, um, a lot of people don't speak English here, um, mm. and I don't even feel like they try. And <laughs> I guess that's okay. This, this, this is their country. Yeah, I'm like, I live I mean, here, man. Just, they just want our money, so yeah. I mean, whatever. They, but, you know, thank God. For Google Translate, yeah. I mean, what else could you do? Yeah, and that's how we live in through Google Translate. And what I do, like with the building manager where I am, I would text her. I have better conversations with her through texting because she could just put it in translate and then send me a message back. And when okay. I talk to her, because when I talk to her, it's so difficult. But I text all the time, and we have beautiful conversations. Yeah, that makes sense. It's easier. Thank God for technology. I know, right? So does that does that make it easier? Like, okay, before you came to Vietnam, you're you're there now in Vietnam. Where were you before that? And so how was that? Before I came here, I was living in Chiang Mai, Thailand. 
Chiang- and I actually love love Chiang Mai. Okay, and... so, hold on, you <laughs> Chiang Mai or Chiang Bang? Chiang Mai. Mai, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you loved it. Why? What's so special about Chiang Mai? Um, I don't know. It's the ambience, uh, the ambience, and when you get there, it's like everyone that I met, like that came to Chiang Mai. They're like, wow, this is so different from Bangkok. It's, it's the second city in Thailand. It's okay. a lot slower than Bangkok. And, but it just has this comfortable vibe that you can just get into. And for me, it really felt like home. I felt like I was in a comfortable place. There was a really good, strong Black community there that I stepped really? into. And yeah, like we had a Christmas party. And I think there were about 58 of us there. Mm. And so I even met a Bahamian. Go figure. And so <laughs> um, everything about Chiang Mai is just, I don't know, amazing to me. Like I did things that I said that I would never do. Number one being um, riding a motorbike. Like I remember when I got yeah. to Thailand, I was like, and I was looking at these people driving. I'm like, I ain't never, ever going to be driving on these streets. And then I was getting a motorbike and riding everywhere I go. Like I actually feel stuck here in, in Denang because I don't have a bike here. Right. But well, that is like usually the main mode of transportation, right? Little scooters and things like that. Yeah. It's easier that mm-hmm. way, right? So in Thailand, uh, how long were you sitting there? How long? How long were you there? Um, I was in Thailand for six months. So what's the problem with being in, in Vietnam? You say three months in Vietnam, uh, six months in there, or you just really like Thailand a whole lot more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Thailand. I don't like. I'm not crazy about like I said the food here. Like in Thailand, you could go. You could pick the third randomest restaurant <laughs> you see on the road. And nine times out of ten, the food could be good. Food good. Like, you may not even know what you order. And you'd be like, okay, this look good. And you just point at it. Yeah. Trust me. It could taste good. Here, <laughs> no dice. <laughs> like, that is not going to happen. I have, like, six restaurants that I know about and that I eat from. And I good. My daughter has, like, one. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I just have to, you just have to know where to go here. And I guess you could have decent experiences, but it's nothing like amazing. No, no stories to write about with the food right. here. Right. In Thailand, it's a completely different thing because I'm, I'm a foodie. Like I just can't help it. I love food. Yeah. And so yeah. there for me, like the food is just amazing. Like there's so many things to do. Uh, it turns out I really love waterfalls. So I'm always on a search for a new waterfall. Okay. Um, I'm kind of a water girl. And seeing as there were no beaches in Thailand, the waterfalls right. was the closest that I could get. So I've really been enjoying finding waterfalls there. It's been my thing. So yeah. besides just waterfalls, because I was about to ask, okay, what do you do for six months um, in, a, in a city that you've never been before with a language barrier but has good food? So besides eating and looking for waterfalls, what else? And I definitely want to know about this this black community. Like, why are they there? What's going on? Were they traveling? Mm-hmm. Do they live there? How did that happen? What's going on? Well, what do you do for six months? You get yeah. to know people. You jump on your motorbike and ride around and see sites and temples. And, like, it's, it's so many things. It's so much culture there. I mean, at the same time, I still have... I still have to homeschool my child every day. So that was a big part of my day. <laughs> um, and so once we were done with school or whatever, we would just go out like with the black community. It's called the Brothers and Sisters of Chiang Mai. And mm. so every Sunday we would have Sunday dinner. And 
So if people are visiting, they would come out because it's, I think people are always happy to see people that look like them no matter where they go. Yeah. So visitors would come out to to things when we have um, Sunday dinner. And a lot of people live there. Like I've met people in Chiang Mai who've lived there for five, six years. I've met people. I have a friend in Bangkok. She's been there for 20 years. She's from Trinidad. And I'm like, go figure. Like how, like how weird is this? Like her daughter was born in Thailand. Like I'm like, I, I just love it. So they speak the language very well then, I would think. Um, yeah, her daughter is fluent in, in Thai. She, she, her not so much. She speaks enough to get by, but her yeah. daughter is actually fluent. Yeah, the kid would pick it up faster anyhow. Yeah, definitely. Six months. Okay, so from Vietnam, we're working backwards. Vietnam, Thailand, where, where before that? Or oh, Thailand. Before that, I was um, in, in Nassau. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's where I was. <laughs> so this this been so nine was, months now that you've been traveling there. Yes, yeah, yes, has it been? I don't know. Yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, nine June months. is going to make ten months. That's right. So I have been. I have just started my traveling because it was just something that I needed to do. Like I have been wanting to leave Nassau for so long. Like um. I finally made a decision to just jump, to just go and do what it is that I needed to do for me. And I couldn't worry about anything else. Um, I had gotten this Facebook reminder in the middle of me planning my move because when it started out, I was trying to move to Canada. And I was like, how boring is that, right? But the circumstances were a little different when I initially started planning my move. And so my plan was, okay, they want me to have this amount of money um, I'm going to save this money and I'm going to go to Canada and I'm going to start this new life. Right. And I really started thinking about it. And then a few things in my life changed. And I was like, you know, something I was making these decisions based off of the situation at that time, but my situation had changed mm-hmm. um, a lot. And I'm like, if I was going to do something for me, because I love me and this is what I want to do, I'm going to go someplace that I could feel truly happy. And I could throw myself into it. Now, I've never been to Thailand before, but right. I it has been on my list for like ever, you know, of places that I wanted to visit. And I'm like, I just feel like it's some place that I'm going to love. So I started doing a lot of research and I'm like, you know, where can my dollar stretch the furthest and all of this stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Thailand. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a year. And if I love it, I'm going to stay. So that was the that was the plan. Like I just got up on a whim and I went to my mom. I was like, Mommy, I want to tell you something. Uh-huh. And she was like, What? I was like, I don't want you to think I'm crazy. Because I know everybody can think I'm crazy when I tell them this. But I was like, I think I go into Thailand. She was like, She's like, that's what you want to do, baby. She's like, This time I ain't stopping you. Uh-huh. Do what you need to do. Go where you need to go. I come visit you. Be happy. And that is exactly what I did. And I started doing research and I had a girlfriend that had lived um, in Thailand for about seven years, who's a Bahamian. Mm-hmm. And I called her up and she was like, you know, come over and be her and her husband. We sat down and we talked about everything. And she was giving me details. She introduced me to people so that I could start finding out about places to stay and things that I needed to do. Right. And then, you know, um, the way that 
the way that the world is set up, the universe will make sure that you come. Once you start heading in a particular direction, things just open up and things just start happening. And then I went to uh, an independence party at one of my friend's house. And I met this lady who was Thai at my best friend's house. And I'm like, how random is this? Mm -hmm. So this lady that is, she's Thai. She lives in Denver. But she came to the Bahamas because her doctor was staying with my friend and her husband. And she wanted to see this particular doctor because she thought that he was the best doctor for what she needed. So she came from Denver to the Bahamas to see this doctor who happened to have been staying at my best friend's house when I get there for, (laughs) for, for dinner on, on, on Independence Day. I'm like, how random is that? And she cooked like this entire time. You know, I was like, Oh my God, I'm already there. Like she did this spread and it was so yummy. And, I was like, yep, ready to go. Like, this is confirmation. It was just like one thing after the next was just happening. And it was confirmation for me that, yes, this is what you need to do. And I just jumped on it. Wow. The universe opened up to what you wanted. Pretty much. I like that. That's correct. Yep. (laughs) So your plan was to go to Thailand for a year, though. Let's get back to that. Because you said you're going to try it out for a year. Yeah, I wanted to try it out for a year. And I'm like, if I don't like it, then I'll go somewhere else. Right. So my plan was to go to go there check it out um live enjoy the life and um and see where it takes me and then wherever it led me that's where it led me like there was no big old whatever no big plan of what what's going to happen next i i could have been floating through southeast asia i could have stayed in thailand i don't know still don't really know i especially don't know anymore because covid already changed my whole life pretty much (laughs) Because I'm sitting here stranded and every plan that I had made, like I'd already gotten websites built to do um, a particular type of work. And a lot of that stuff kind of ended because I had gotten to a point where I'm like, you know, I'm doing stuff that's passionate for me. I am a chef by profession. Um, And I'm like, everything that I do keeps leading me back to food. But I was trying so hard to run away from anything that had to do with cooking. Like, I just wanted to run away from cooking. And why is that, though? I mean, if it, that's, like, why? Um, I was just, I'm just over it. I just, I got to this point and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to change careers. I'm ready to live the second part of this adult life that I have to live. <laughs> so <laughs> I just wanted to kind of switch it up a bit and um, embrace a, a different side of myself. I'm not a one-trick pony, so why should I be doing this one trick for the rest of my life? So, I just so your plan decision. was just to travel. So you from chef from from being a chef to being a world traveler was that the plan, or you just was? I'll figure this out along the way. Um, no, I wasn't trying to figure it out along the way. I, I the, the plan is to. I've been I've been working on some consultation, like chef consultation okay. at restaurants, which I don't mm-hmm. have a problem doing. I just don't want to physically be cooking. Right. But the main thing was that I wanted to be location independent so whatever it was that i'm doing i needed to be not attached it can't be a job that's holding me down to one space because whenever i want to move i wanted to move so i started doing um travel tours and so that was that was my next step for me but i mean nobody's traveling now everybody's pretty much stuck so you know where do you go with the travel tour nowhere (laughs) you go on a virtual travel tour and so 
but I was basing my travel tours on, you know, food. Everybody loves to eat. Right. Day loves to right. eat. That's my, that's my Instagram. So day loves to eat. So day's going to take you on a travel tour and we're going to experience food in different places. So when people fly into Chiang Mai, like I would have everything set up and we do full tours. Like I handle everything. You don't have to worry about stuff. Like there are some people like that. There are some people that want to plan every single aspect of their vacation. And there are some yeah. people that don't want to think about it. They want someone else to do it for them. So I would be that, you know, camp coach for you. You just show up to camp and I give you things to do when you get to camp. Right. Yeah. And so that was kind of um, a big part of my plan, which I won't say has stopped. I'm going to go with delay is not denial. Right, and so right. it's a it's a big part of what I wanted to do, and in that also brings us to the um, jump coach that you mentioned, and me being able to help people to, you know, turn their dreams into reality to jump and make make thing happen if whatever it is that you want to do. Because sometimes we're just afraid, we're just um, halted by things in our lives that that make us think, okay, maybe this isn't a good idea, but Everything that you are and everything that you're going to become is already in you. You just have to figure out a way to dig it out and to bring it, to share it with the world, you know? And so since even before I started doing this, people have been hitting me up left, right, and center, asking me questions. Like I'm talking about people that I know and people that I don't know. People have been asking me questions about, you know, how did you do this? How should I do this? And there's always someone in my inbox I can guarantee every week there's at least two, three people in my inbox asking me questions. And I'm like, how can I maximize my potential with this? Because this is something that I actually enjoy doing and being able to help people to make whatever the decision it is that they want to make. Some people want to move. Some people may just want to move to another city in the same country that they live. And that is also a scary situation. But you may not be able to talk to your mom or your dad or your best friend about it because their frame of thinking isn't the same as yours so if you just need someone to encourage you and help you um help you with steps along the way give you guidelines someone just to be accountable to you know like i'm that person that will be that for you like i'll help you with that burden because i know the stresses of it i know that it's really difficult um whatever move it may be moving to another country just deciding to leave your job that you hate you hate your job but you don't know, you know what you want to do, but you're just too scared to do it. I hold your hand, you know, and I don't have to physically be there with you to do that. And that's something also that's location independent that, yeah. um, that I do. And it's also apparently helping a lot of people. So, yeah. Yeah. Because that fear, that fear, that fear is real though. I mean, because you're you're you know where you are now, and let's go from the vernacular of saying, okay, I have a job that I don't like. I want to leave this place, but I have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And how do you now plan to make sure that your responsibilities are met, but at the same time follow your dream? Yeah, like, that's that's the. I think most persons I talk to who talk about doing what you've already done. It's always that part. Like I have some things to do, but I have bills. I have children to take care of or whatever the situation may be. And that part is actually making them more afraid because they don't know how they're going to take care of these things if they leave their job to do something that they want to do, but not sure if they're going to make that money. That's, that's a tough call. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. And for me, you know, planning is really important. I know a lot of people, they look at me and they be like, this girl crazy. And that's fine. <laughs> think that I'm crazy because crazy got me to, to get up out of comfortable because yeah. comfortable will kill you. Comfort will kill you because it was definitely killing me. I know that about 12 or 13 years ago, I had planned to move um, to Rwanda. Okay. And everyone was like, oh, you can't move to Africa. The people could kill you. Kill you. And like, it was just like crazy. I remember when I went to Rwanda, everyone was like, you sure you want to go there? They had, you know, this genocide. You don't want to get caught up in that. I'm like, it's been 14 years. At that point when I went, I'm like, it has been 14 years. Like, I'm good. I'm going to be fine. I went to Rwanda. I had a wonderful, beautiful experience. I wanted to live there. I felt like I really connected with the place. And I'm talking about, I had a going away party and everything. <laughs> I was ready to go, but it's like my mom was crying and everyone was like, no, don't go. And it's too far. And like, and I just let everyone get into my head. And that's yeah. why I know that we need someone to help us to be on our side, to be that advocate for us, to give us accountability, to give us, to put the right amount of pressure on to get you to do the things that you know that you need to do. And yes, things come up. And then it's like, I was like, okay, I go wait for a while. And then I go, then I'm like, I got this job. And I'm like, this is a really good job. This has yeah. really great benefits and insurance yeah. and this and that and perks. And then you get stuck in your job and you be like, you get to a point in your job where for me, it was like every day I would be driving to work and I would get to a certain point on the road and I would get a migraine. When I get to work, I would have to go in the bathroom and cry before I can actually be productive with my day. That's how I knew I was done. Like people were like, why don't you want to cook anymore? Because I hated it. Like it wasn't love for me anymore. Right. Everything about it made me feel horrible. You know, like if you have to cry to be able to get your work done, you know, you're in a bad place. You know, you have to do something to move on. And you know, that may not be something that everyone knew what was going on with me and everyone We'll never know everything that's going on with you, but you have to make decisions for yourself yeah. at the end of the day. I think that's a part that most people don't really understand. Um, we sometimes get into jobs or careers that we did not really choose for ourselves. It seemed like a good idea at the time, or sometimes you fall into it unknowingly and you follow that path. And then there's the point where your body says, but you know we're not supposed to be doing this. I'm sick of this. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm, I had enough. You know, and I, I kind of could could uh, relate with that. Um, you know, myself, I, I love photography, loved photography. But there was a point just from last year coming into this year, I literally shut everything down. I'm like, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, and the same thing. So I understand what you're saying. People ask me, like, why? What was happening? What's going on with you? You're so good at this, blah, blah, blah. But I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I just don't want to do it. And then I think for about four months I didn't even want to touch my camera I'm so serious wow. I, I didn't want to pick it up and just the thought of it <laughs> like really got to me like I really don't want to do this you know I still I'm still struggling with that so um, I still exactly. do a little the thing here and there but like what do you do Bay? <laughs> what do you do exactly I totally feel you on all of that because and, and sometimes it's that it was the right thing it just isn't the right thing anymore right. you know like it was the yeah. right thing for that time 
and that time is over. And people, we we have to understand that, you know, we rise on certain things and then we set on that thing. And so you have to let it go and just know what know when to fold. Have that. Yeah. We got to know when to fold. You have to, some things you just have to let it go. And everyone keeps saying, well, you're so passionate about food. I'm like, I'm yeah. passionate about eating food. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The whole thing changes. That That is so true. Yeah. The whole thing changes. Like, okay, I, I don't want to make it about me myself, but um, it's it's not that I don't, okay, I don't mind shooting, you know. I like to shoot. Mm-hmm. I don't want to shoot mm-hmm. portraits. I'm, certain things I do not want to shoot. And sometimes I just don't want to shoot. I definitely right. don't want to edit, but I love teaching. I love teaching photography. So it's yeah. like it changed to something else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and people I just can't understand that. <laughs> yeah. People wow. don't don't get it. I enjoy teaching too. Like I could be an instructor, I could be a trainer, I could come into your company, I could train your staff, I could do all that stuff, and yeah. I would love it. Once I don't have to physically do it myself, do it. Yeah, I don't want to pick up day. a knife. You know, I don't want to turn on a stove. I don't want to do that. Let me tell you how to do it. Yes, let me show you if you're doing it incorrectly. <laughs> but for me, I don't actually want to physically be the one doing it. I'm tired standing on my feet all day. They said you can't yeah. take the heat get out of the kitchen. I can't yeah. take the heat no more. I'm out of the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's a level thing, you know. And I'll say this again: I'm using my analogy from photography itself. And um, it was some years ago that I saw this actually coming, and I was actually talking to some of my close friends who also went to photography. Say, but it has to be another level. Um, mm-hmm. When you've yeah. done it all, when you've reached that point where I've, I think I've done everything I needed to do in this genre, I need to like either take it to the next level. Like, what is that next level? You know what I found it to be? Because I was watching a lot of um, some of the industry leaders in the United States and some of them I'm actually friends with. So I called them up because apparently I wasn't getting answers over here. It was nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. So I wanted someone I knew was a higher level and they started talking to them. They said, you know what? Your next level is to, one, start a group, to actually go into the point of where you start to teach your your your, your skills. You've, you've racked up enough that it's time to take it to the next level. And the next level is to actually teach. You've, you've learned it because it's technically like you've mastered what you what you what you set out to do. You know how to do it yeah. backwards and front, up and down. You, you know you know it. So the the challenge is no longer there. And if the challenge yeah. persons like ourselves, and I say ourselves because I, I I resonate with what you're saying, we need that challenge. We need something different. We need something new to challenge us to say that let me try this. Because that's where we shine the most. So once you reach that pinnacle of like mastery in our own minds or in our skill level, like you have to do something else. And there's some point where mm-hmm. you just got to throw it away. You know, yep. that's the hardest part. <laughs> um, yep. And it's For so real. weird because I was having a talk with my sister about the same thing. She was talking about purpose and, and things. And I say, like, see, the thing that um, I find in Bahamian culture and I, I use this a lot of times I talk to people. We have this statement saying that you're a jack of all trades, but master of none. And that mm-hmm. is something that uh, I know for me, I've held to my heart because I felt something was wrong with me because I'm always doing something different. Until mm-hmm. I came to grips with who I am. Like, I am not like you. I cannot, yes. <laughs> I cannot do <laughs> one thing my entire life. I can't. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So you're like my spirit person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious, no, because a lot of people need to hear this because there's more persons out there who are struggling day to day, knowing they don't want to do this thing. They they've already reached that level. Whereas, okay, I'm done with this. 
but they want to move on. But that voice of your parent or your friend or whoever is in the back of your head saying that you must stick it out. You got to right. do this. Get something secure. Be like, we don't, we don't survive <sighs> insecure. We don't. No. <laughs> so I I'm feeling you. you. <laughs> Listen, comfortable will kill you. Yes. Comfortable will kill you. You know, I'll say this, right? Because that's a, that's a good way of saying it. Comfortable will kill you. Um, Miles Monroe, I remember when, when he was alive and he made a statement about that. He's saying that, um, and he, his words were, if you don't find your purpose or the thing that you, you're used to or that you want to do, that your body physically rebels against you. Like how you said mm-hmm. you were driving to work and get a headache. That's your body like, mm-hmm. but we are not supposed to be here. And it will rebel against you. <laughs> and where it starts yeah. to shut down. That's why people get ulcers. Yep. Why people get, like you say, mm-hmm. migraine. Like, you know what? It's time to move on. Yes. It's time to move on. And you have to know. You just have to know. Yeah. And some people suffer their whole lives. And I talk to people that say, you know, every year, every year they write out these goals that they want in the new yeah. year. I'm going to I'm gonna really live in my purpose. But how many people do you know that are actually living in their purpose? And when you see them and they're saying that they're living in their purpose, they're actually living in the purpose of what they think other people want them to be doing yes. and not yeah. what it is that they actually want to do. And like for the first couple of months that I was in Thailand and people would be like, so what are you doing? Because people can't understand the concept of someone not working. Yeah. I'm like, I am being amazing to myself. Pretty much. And you know why I can be amazing to myself? Because I saved my money and I went to a place that I can all or stretch because the money, if I had to save money home, it would last me three months, but mm. it could last me up to a year of where I am. So I could live my life. I could get up in the morning and do whatever it is that I want to do and be absolutely happy about it. And then, of course, I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I need something to do because this is not stimulating enough me because (laughs) it's just the way that we're built. And then you find what you have to do. But I actually took time for me. I took time for me. Like I started writing, which is something that I really wanted to do for a long time. And like I'm working on the second draft of my book right now. So it's like I'm doing stuff that that's important to me and not important because everyone in the world thinks that it should be important to me. It's important yeah. to me because it's actually important to me, you know? So I feel as though I'm truly, I'm living my purpose. And I'm like, if for some odd reason, which God forbid, it it had to end after a year of me doing this, I know that. I could say, if I'm living in some crappy hole, which I won't be, <laughs> I could say, well, I remember yeah. I really had a good year. Because so many people can't say that. Some people, so many people just work themselves to death. They work until they die. They work and work and work and then retire and then turn around and work and work and work some more. When, if you just make wise decisions and you decide to get out of your comfortable, you could do so much more with yourself, with your life, with your entire being. and. You don't have to base yourself on everyone else's expectations of you. Because, like, yeah. for instance, my father, like, like, last week, he had a whole situation. Because he was like, why are you making up your bed in these people's country? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, take a joke. <laughs> because it's like, at the end of the day, I'm doing what I want to do. When, when you had opportunities to do what you wanted to do, you didn't take the opportunities to, yeah. because of fear, because of responsibility, because of whatever. And it's not like I threw my responsibilities away. Like I'm here traveling with my child. Um, all of my responsibilities were taken care of. Like I just, before I left, I 
paid up everything that I needed to pay. I made sure that all of my debt was taken care of. Um, I signed my car note over to somebody. Like I just got rid of everything. And I'm like, these are the things that hold me back. A car, yeah, but I got to yeah. make all, my, all this money for this car. <laughs> I must stay so I could give you all four hundred dollars a month. <laughs> no, like no, like you find some other dates a car, you sign your car over, and you move on with your life, and you do what it is that you need to do for you, and for however long it is, you enjoy it, and you pray, and you make make provisions that it lasts longer, or the longest that it can, and you do what it is that you have to do. And if you, I think that if you're moving in the direction that you're supposed to be going in, your doors are going to open up. You're going to, you're going to move into the right stuff. Just the same way. If you got your perfect job at your perfect bank, doing the perfect thing that you wanted to do, just the way that you think that things are going to open up in that way. If you decide to do what's actually real for you, it's going to be the same thing, but it's going to be, it's going to be better for you at the end of the day. You're going to be healthier. Stress guilt. And, and I don't think people realize this. You talk about ulcers, you get ulcers. Like one of my friends, she's like all of her hair is falling out. Like I'm talking oh, to geez. people and they're completely stressed. And, 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 and some of us unnecessarily so. And right now, I feel like I'm in a worse position than so many people that I know. Like, I, like a lot of my friends, are, they're doing their thing. And I'm sitting here and I'm like literally stuck, yeah. right? In one of five communist socialist countries in the world (laughs) (laughs) with an eight-year-old. I have zero income right now, Uh zero income, and I can't move. (laughs) I've been here since February. I was supposed to leave on March 5th. Why am I still here all these months later? You know? So it's like I had a plan, like my plan, was to get to where I needed to be because I knew that my money was running low. So I was headed west to make some money because I needed that west money to come back yeah, to the east. To come back. So <laughs> I was I was headed west to make some money. So this was just my first stop on my trip. And I, it just it just stopped and everything just got cut off right there. And so now here I am sitting here um living off a of, Love and prayers or something? I don't know. <laughs> but the point is I'm living. <laughs> the point is I'm living and I'm still doing things. I'm still doing the things that I want to do to be able to get to where I need to be. I haven't stopped that. But it's just that I don't have an income. If you don't have an income, like how do you live? But yeah. I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed at all. And people who still getting paid every day and getting their bonuses and getting everything and their life is like seemingly balanced, they're completely losing their losing their You're mind right. over right. over everything that's going on and i came to a place of peace when i came when i moved to southeast asia Rashad, let me tell you something i told you i was having migraines every single day i was having anxiety there was so much going on in my life and when i got here i dealt with things that i didn't even realize was an issue for me you mm-hmm. know and so I'm like, these people are so calm and they're so chill. And we think that that's what island life is. But this was a whole different level different for me. Life. I'm like, everyone was just moving on a different wave. And I'm like, I could get with this. And I got to a place where I could count on one hand in 10 months, like how many um, panic attacks that I've had. And it's probably been two. And like, I don't have the migraines that, like, like I used to and whatever, like 
it's everything is just changing. It's a matter of just taking yourself out of one environment and placing it into the next. And that's mm-hmm. not to say that you moving from one country to the next is going to take away your stress. It has to do with your mind. So you have to get yeah. your mindset right wow. to be yeah. able to get to that place. So I was able to move, not only move my physical body, but to move my mentality into a different place to have me at peace. And so things that used to bother me and things that used to stress me just don't, it just doesn't happen anymore. Mm. And that's a gift. I know. <laughs> I'm here just thinking about it. I'm like, do you use an alarm clock or just when your body say, I'm tired of sleeping? Um, yeah, I wake up. And the thing is, I wake up about the same time every day, unless I went out and did something like extra the night before. I wake yeah. up every day. I still wake up like I would be getting up to go to work if I was home. But you know, I wake I'll, up around 6.45 every morning. I'll I'll say this, right? Um for me, I don't know how other people are. You could tell me if it, it was your your experience as well. That we equate success with one making a lot of money, having your house and car, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, and and reaching a certain pinnacle, and that is supposed to be successful. And you're supposed to be happy when you reach that point, right? But right. apparently, um, and you're supposed to enjoy the journey, which we don't, cause, because we're stressed <laughs> yeah. for the whole time. By the time yeah. we reach a point where we can say, okay, um, I'm comfortable with what I'm making now. We're so broke up <laughs> that you can't mm-hmm. enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And like you said, sometimes you would see when you travel, uh, like when I used to travel a lot, it would, you'll find older folks. And I like to ask them, you know, how are you doing, et cetera. There are some, actually majority of them, who worked their entire life. And now you're like almost 70 and you're now deciding to travel, but you can't mm-hmm. even get off the bus. Exactly. You know? I'm like, how are you supposed to enjoy this? At least you could say you've been there. Yeah, but... You want to try different things. You want to be able to go bungee yeah. jumping off a mountain or whatever mm-hmm. the hell you want to do. You got to try mm-hmm. something. It does. It's not funny if you go to a waterfall and you can't even walk along the rocks to go sit on the perch. You know? Yep. So, yep. obviously, that model doesn't work. That model doesn't make any sense. So, we have to find a way, like you say, to jump and do what we have to do. But and it's I, what we've been taught. Yeah. And it's really, it's really deep in us that, you know, um, I think like the first two or three months in Thailand, my grandmother called me and she was like, I know you already answered this question, but I have to ask you one more time because I don't really like or understand your answer. Okay. <laughs> She's like, you don't want nothing for your life. Eh? See? I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm doing everything that I want for my life. She's like, but you don't want a house. And mm-hmm. that is what we equate yeah. to success. Yeah. To having a house. And I'm like, I could have a house when I was when I was looking for a house, when I was at home, I was so stressed. Yeah. I was like, okay, I got this job that could get me this house. I could qualify for this house on my own. I could be good, good, whatever. It was the most stressful things. Like you bidding on a house and then someone else get the bid. You already oh, yeah. attached to this house. <laughs> You going through all of this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, this ain't no life for me. And then I started to think about it. And I was like, when I buy this house, then I could furnish it. And I want to wash and dry. And I want a bedroom set in every room. And I want this and I want that and all these things. How am I going to be able to travel after I do all of this stuff, yeah. you know? And so I was like, this, this, is this what I really want? Like, do I want to have a house or do I want to be free? Um, there we go. Uh, obviously, I chose to be free, and because how many people I know that have homes and your house is empty, you just house poor. Like you can't do nothing else with your life except say that I have a house. Like 
But if you have family and your loved ones think that you're accomplished because you have house, then carry on smartly. If that's what gives you peace, <laughs> then it wouldn't give me peace personally. That floats your boat. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, okay, so you know we talked about um, how things came together. Like you said, you was at a friend's dinner and this lady was there and you had the food, mm-hmm. etc. and you made that decision. Was that the, the final point? I mean, is there like a light bulb? Is there a moment where it's like, boy, screw this? Because I've heard people sometimes um, just get up and walk off the job. Like, uh, I ain't gonna lie, sometimes I've been like right to that point. I'm like, but I I gotta take this. <laughs> and you're just ready to get up and just walk out and like, I'm not coming back. So it was just usually what they say the straw that broke the camel's back. Usually something happens that pisses someone off so much. Did that happen to you? Or was it just like you were thinking about it, thinking about it and say, you know what, I have to make a decision. How did it happen? Like that defining moment, that minute, second. What what happened there? For me. It was a lot of prayer and fasting, which sounds <laughs> crazy to me now because I don't know if that would be the route that I would take the second time around. But I did. I, I, I prayed a lot. And I was like, okay, God, show me a sign. I was like, let the floor be wet and let the rug be dry. And then I see the sign, right? And then I'm like, no, 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 no. Let the rug be wet and let the floor be dry because I don't, I'm not sure if that yeah. was a sign. And trust me, I was asking for signs and signs and signs. And it was just coming at me left, right, and center. And I was like, yeah, you just have to stop being scared. And so then I had to go, I had to pep talk myself every day. I'm like, you know, don't be afraid. You have to shake the fear because fear will keep you where you are. And you are sick of this hamster wheel and you know you need to get off of it because that's how I felt. I just felt like every day I was waking up and doing the same thing over and over and over, living the same life, having the same conversations, talking to the same people about the same things, you know? Yeah. And so... I was like, I have to do something to get rid of it. And so I made a plan. So I woke, woke up one day and I made this plan. And so I was in a relationship at the time. And I told, um, after I had completely put my plan together for Canada, I went to him and I told him because he, he was like, he's a, he's a details kind of person, you know? So I'm like, okay. this is what's going to happen. And I'm like, and he was like, okay, cool, whatever, we could do this. And I was like, oh, you'd be on board with this. And I'm like, I like I pray because I'm like this is the best relationship I've ever had. If I had to give this relationship <laughs> up, like how would I survive? And is it okay to walk away from love and all of this stuff, you know? And I was like, at the risk of losing this relationship, I have to do what I have to do for me because I I know one thing for sure: men don't make decisions for men. Y'all make decisions for yourselves, and we got to get on board. So I had to make a decision for myself and I'm like, is it really worth it? You know? And yeah. I'm like, if, if it's real, it'll, it'll work. And that's just how I had to step into it. And so, um, for me, that, that particular thing was the biggest risk at that point for me was the relationship that I felt was so important to me. Right. And because I think my children, like from my son was born, he always knew he was like, you know, he knew that I wasn't supposed to be sitting in Nassau. I have friends that live all over the world. They're like, you need to get out. You need to get out. You're bigger than Nassau. You need to get out. And I'm like, yeah, so on, so on, so on. And I just got, I, I just got to find, I'm like, I'm going to save this money. I'm like, I'm like, next, I said, I gave myself a date. And I said, I'm going to have $25,000 by this date. Now, I know how I was going to do this mm-hmm. because I had, recently um left my job <laughs> so it's like 
So here I am. And I'm like, I'm going to save $25,000. And I'm like, check, you ain't even making $25,000 right now. <laughs> but everything panned out. And it started with, strangely enough, the end of that relationship that wouldn't have made it through me moving. Yeah. And when I look at the things that, if I had stayed in a relationship, I would have never made the decision to take the jobs that I took that made me the money in less than way less than half the time that I would have made it right here. Mm. So I everything worked out like it didn't seem that way at the beginning. It was like, no, this is not the right decision. But every single thing worked out. I got to meet people that I would have probably never met and, and work jobs like making the most money that I ever made in my life and like enjoying it, making true connections, people that are calling me to make sure that I'm okay and calling me to come back to work for them, you yeah. know? So, yeah. I would work for people that make it like paying me like that big, big money. Okay, like see, that's what I was asking. Like, hold on. <laughs> so like, Listen, what? I really, I really bowed about it, but if the money is great, yeah, I do would it. do it because it's it's a means to an end. Like, I don't want yes. I wouldn't say that, oh, I'm going to take a permanent job, but if if someone's coming to the Bahamas and they'd be like, hey, I'm coming to the Bahamas for a month, would you come and cook for me whilst I'm there? Yes, I would cook for you for a month. Yeah. I'm not going to cook for nobody forever. Like, I'm done with that forever bit. You know, that's 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 also the same thing with photography for me. Like, I did a lot of vacation um, portraitures or <laughs> people just coming over and they need you, someone to take photos of them whilst they're here. That's like a day, mm-hmm. one or two days, and that's about it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Get this, make that uh, little money. <laughs> yeah. Like, see you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That makes sense. All right. That's 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 quite interesting, man. Like, making the jump for that, that decision you have to make. Like you said, make a plan and you have to stick to it. Now, yeah. that, that means action. People talk. Yeah. Boy, we like to talk. I could do this. I could mm-hmm. do that. I definitely mm-hmm. could do this. Mm-hmm. Child, I could do we talk, boy. Bahamians love to talk, but boy, we suck when it comes to doing. Yeah. Where does that discipline come from to say, all right, like you say, we write a plan. Like saying that word plan, we understand, okay, you wrote something down, but how did you do it? You said $25,000 by this year. You didn't have a job. Um, things just started to fall in place. Like you say, the relationship ended. You took some jobs to make that. But besides, I don't even say besides because you know the money is important. You need the money to travel. And right. most people to do whatever they want to do requires money. That's the beauty yeah. of it, you know. Um, yeah. Even the Bible says, I look here, but you know, God knows you have need of this thing. So you need money to get things done. So money, yeah. what else besides money? Once you decide that, okay, uh, my dream is to go to every island in the Bahamas. That's my dream. So I know I have to, I need plane ticket. I got to stay somewhere. I got to eat, et cetera, et cetera. And it's going to take me a year to do that. Do I save up everything for that? Or did you make a secondary plan? Because you did mention something where you had a website where you're going to do the travel thing. Um, was that also part of the plan? Or you made that plan up when you said, you know what? Um, I think I need a little extra. What was what, Well, that, what plan, that plan came after I had had my few months of getting my mind in the place that I needed to get it. That was after the move. Okay. So initially, so I worked this gig. And I made some some good money. And well, I didn't travel with all of the money that I made. I paid off my stuff. And, I, and that's an important thing too, because you have to feel comfortable enough that when you come home, people ain't gonna be looking for you because yeah. you want to come home. I'm not <laughs> telling nobody that I don't ever want to come home. But when I come home, I don't want nobody to be like, this girl owe me this money. I owe nobody nothing. 
You know what I mean? So a part of that was, hey, guess what? You could pay off your bills. Now, to move to Canada, I may have needed $25,000, but I didn't need that to move to to move to Thailand. Right. I could have gone with less. So I was comfortable enough to say, I have to pay off. I had a doctor bill. I had a few other bills. And just pay off everything that I had to pay off. Make sure that I have no debt left, which seems like rare and impossible, but I got myself to that point. And and just go and just and just live. And so I made my plan. Some of the plans were made along the way. Um, what I initially wanted to do was so I worked that job and then they told me about another job that they wanted me to work. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, in about nine months I'm gonna be able I'll come back, I'll do the next gig, and then I could that'll take me for the next for the rest of the time. Now, <clears throat> when I started, did I make did I make mistakes in my travel? And the mistakes would be things that you just don't know because if you haven't yeah. done certain things yet, you're just not going to know. Like you could watch every single YouTube video about moving, you know, that you want to, but unless someone is directly telling you about step by step what to do, you're going to you know, make little mistakes. You're going to overspend on things. They're just things that I didn't know. So um, it may have gone a little bit faster than I expected, but now I know all of this stuff. Now I understand so many different things. Um, I've met so many travelers that have given me their own tips and tricks along the way. Um, You know, how they became bloggers, how they able to live this type of free life, how they do this with their kids and just every single aspect of it that, you know, that I could get and I, and I listen, I learned to listen to people and, and understand from their experiences so that I didn't have to go through any more of that because I went through things, but I needed to go through that so that I could also teach that to other people so that I could tell you, Hey, this is the type of bank account that you need to open. So you don't pay all of these fees so that you don't do this, so that you don't do that. So it was like things like that, that kind of, um, helped me like, yeah, it may have hurt me, but at the end of the day, I am wiser because I went through it and I know better. But I wanted to leave, do this work, get to Thailand. I was going to come back and work for these people. So my route from here was to, from Vietnam was supposed to be, um, my final destination was going to be Nassau because I, w- I had a gig to work for some people real quick. And so I I had to um, get to get home so I could make some more money. Yeah. And I just couldn't, I couldn't, um, I couldn't get there, <laughs> but which kind of stops, which kind of stops your plan from happening, but you still have to go on. You can't just start again and be like, oh, well, that didn't happen. So now there's nothing I could do. You still have to live. You still have to figure out, you still have to figure out ways to um, make yourself comfortable and get the things that you need where you are. So, you know, we could plan a pretty picnic, but you can't always predict the weather. Yeah. So. You have your plan, you go with it as much as you can, and then you figure out the rest from there. So I remember you said and that the, been, the, mm-hmm. the borders are still closed. So right. because, you know, the Bahamas government have been doing a repatriation thing where they were bringing people home. So they're not allowing any flights to leave or come into the country? Um, there are flights There are flights leaving here, um, but... I don't, I don't really know nothing about it. I know the U.S. Embassy attends something out because I know a lot of people here from the States and like nobody left on that, <laughs> on that flight that the U.S. Embassy wow. <laughs> had going out because essentially this is the safest Safe, place that yeah. we could be. Like, why yeah. would you leave here to go to America where it's like 
think it's like a crap show. <laughs> like nobody wants to go into that. Um, and I feel the same way. Um, I actually had a conversation with um, with someone from the embassy in China this weekend. And, you know, she called me to ask me if I wanted to be put on the list for repatriation. I'm like, when is this going to happen? Because that's important to me. And I'm like, I want to say, yeah, because I don't want to be like, oh, I don't want to go home or whatever, because at this particular point, I know that I need to go home. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> but I'm like, when? Because I'm not trying to leave someplace that's safe and go into a mess. I don't want to leave here and have to be um, in quarantine. Like everything that I own is in Thailand. Like all right. of my stuff is in Thailand. So I'm like, if I want to go home, I would need to go to Thailand. And that's two weeks of, of, of sitting sitting down in confinement for two weeks there. Yep. Then I gotta then I gotta go home and then that's another two weeks. That's already four that's a month of my life. Like what what is really going on? So <laughs> I would like for things to be a little bit better before before I actually make that move. And the me coming home is more for my children than it is for me. And there mm-hmm. goes responsibility again. Because for me, I'm good. I don't need to go home. But my daughter is homesick like crazy. And especially being in lockdown all this time and not seeing anyone. Like she misses her friends. She misses her brother. She misses her grandmother. So I understand she's been really sad. She's had moments where she's cried. And I really felt that to my core. And she was like, what if everyone in the world dies? And, you know, you you, you just never know what kids are thinking about. Yeah, so. yeah. And then my son, on the other hand, who's in Nassau, and he's 14. And he's like, uh, I really need you, mommy. And so if my 14-year-old son is telling me that he needs me, I'm going to be there. Yeah. So once once it's safe enough for me to move, I'm going to go. And I'm like, y'all, listen, I'm moving back home. I just need y'all to understand this. I understand that y'all, both of y'all need me and y'all need each other and all of this stuff. And I'm doing this for you. But this is not forever. I could give this two months max. Then it's time to go again. I know. I feel like if I home for like 10 days, because I was that was my plan. I was coming home for about 10 days. I'm like, I feel like 10 days I would be done with NASA. I would done eat my conch salad, my conch, everything, my stew boil. Like, I just want food. Like, that's all I want to come home for. Like, I see everybody on uh, WhatsApp every other day. Like, do I really need to see you in person? <laughs> so <laughs> I just really want to come home for some food. I really want me a scotch with mango yeah. and a stew boil and I really miss planting like I can't even explain how much I miss planting right now and I need a bag of grits to carry back with me and then I'll be fine that's it travel again yeah mm-hmm. so do you ever th- gave a thought to like doing like um going to the United States and just moving from state to state you know something mm-hmm. like that or you just wanted like something from someplace far to get away from everything getting in that is far that I want to be but it sure ain't America mm. okay um, I have no desire to live in America at all. Never wow. have. Really? And no. Mm-mm. That's like every Bahamian dream. Oh, I go to states. Yeah, I, I guess I'm not a Bahamian, <laughs> and that's and that's what happened. It's like, why you just don't move to the states? Why you just don't yeah. move to Miami? I'm like, I, I lived in Miami. <laughs> don't want to live there. But um, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to raise my children in America. Um, I'm 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 raising a child right now who is so much more culturally diverse yeah than I, I could imagine like i can't i'm like i talked to her last and i'm like do you realize the experiences and opportunities that you're having right now like your friends are probably never in their ever. life going to do the things that you did ever like i'm like <laughs> you know i reminded i'm like we walked from thailand to myanmar i'm mm-hmm. like you walk from one country to the next could you imagine that and she smiled she's like i never thought about it that way 
I'm like, yeah, we walked across the border of Thailand into Myanmar. Um, you've been to places, we've been to places that you never even heard about before, you know? Right. So it's like, you're going to places, you're finding out about religions, like, and so like her religion lessons that I gave her, like I stopped giving her like our religion, right. you know, what we teach at home. I'm teaching a world religion okay. because there's more than your the religion that you grew up knowing. There's so much more going on in the world. And so I teach her about world culture and world religion. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we are, I guess, essentially world schooling, not necessarily homeschooling because um, I, I progressively moved away from the curriculum that I was initially teaching her because that's not the world that we live in. We, our world is not black and white like the crap that they're being taught in school. The, I was taught that my mommy was taught, my grandma was taught exact yeah. same thing. No, I'm not going to put my child through that and teach her the same things that are not going to be effective for her to be an efficient person when she becomes an adult. So mm-hmm. I'm teaching her about the world. Yeah. So she now, especially going to different cultures, I mean, she could travel anywhere yeah. and, and understand. And that's a big thing I find with a lot of Bahamians. I guess that's why they would call us um, xenophobic because we don't travel enough. We don't, we're not around enough cultures to realize yeah. that, you know what, people can be different, you know. Everybody don't have to and, believe. And you can still you like believe. them. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's no need to be upset about that. You know, their belief is their belief and yours is yours and you still can get together. And like you say, sit down at the table and eat some good food. Yep. 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 Oh, and, my God. And it's okay. It's okay because exactly. like even my son, when he came to Thailand, he was like, he didn't want to go inside of the temples and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, baby, going in this temple is not going to stop it's, you from being who yeah. you are. It's not going to kill you, bro. It's not going to kill you. I know. You know? Yeah. So when me, when me and my mom would walk into the temples and stuff, like he would wait outside. He's like, he's not taking off his shoes to walk in no temple. And I'm like, okay, big Christian. Yeah. You know, that king's, way, that king's way ingraining you good. Let that king's way flow. <laughs> oh, man. You know, but, that's you know. that's actually an interesting thing, right? Like, um, just a quick story. A friend of mine, um, we do a lot of videos together. And the first time I went to some of his friends' home, they're, they're Indians, by the way. And I mm-hmm. stepped into their house, but I realized, I'm like, when I reached the door, everyone's shoes was at the door. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I didn't understand it because we're not used to that. But I'm like, I'm visiting these people else. Let me take my shoes off. They got upset that I was taking my shoes off because I'm a guest. I'm like, no, no, but this is still your home. If you're mm-hmm. going to take it off, if that's what you're going to do, I'm going to do that. Now, there's a point that I would not go, but something has taken off my shoes. There's a reason why you do that. And we sat mm-hmm. down and discussed why they take off their shoes, et cetera, et cetera. And it made sense to me. And say, see, I, I would rather respect that. Now, if it's something that causes me to go against my belief, I will mm-hmm. let you know, yeah, that's, that's way beyond my belief. But I found that it was just a sign of respect. But yeah. the show, just to see how, like when I say Bahamians, like you say, that traditional way of growing up, that black and white, that anyone else who believes, especially when it comes to religion, anything different than you oh. is evil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how do you guys even... I, I see why behemoths don't travel for that same reason because you can't go nowhere. No, you can't. (laughs) And and it will change you. And if if that's the way that you think, it will definitely change you when you travel because you can't take that mentality anywhere else. That only only cuts it in the Bahamas. And that's it. That's it. 
which is where the Bahamas and Miami, because that's where we, that's where we travel. <laughs> okay, yeah, Miami, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go to Florida. Yeah. So, Let's switch so. back to the let's because we're moving backward right now. We know where you are. We know where you mm-hmm. came from. But so we're talking about the chef because, like you said, you got you got sick of it. But um, let's talk about that for a second. How long were you a chef? Uh, I have been a personal chef for eighteen years. See, oh wow, wow. Yep. You see why I tired? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, so I have been I have been cooking and doing my thing for a little minute, and I mean, it, I honestly do love cooking. Mm-hmm. I just I just got tired of it. And yeah, I guess I'm allowed. I'm allowed to do that. Eh? You tired of hearing that order up? <laughs> Something like me, like okay, what are you, what are we cooking today for oh. you? I feel like eating yeah. fagua. So you know, I understand what you're I mean, saying. <laughs> fortunately, in my career, like I've worked for people that. Most of the time, let me put it like that. Most of most of the time for work, I've worked for people that weren't very picky, you know. Okay. Like my um, last employer, whom I loved oh so much. Um, she would she would be like, "Whatever you cook, day that's what I'm eating." She she'd be like, "Surprise me!" And so mm-hmm. I did have a sense of um, freedom and creativity on my job which is something that I can truly say was yeah. a good thing with that's good. with many of the many of the jobs that I've had I've been able to have a lot of um creative freedom and so that's definitely been good for me and I've worked I've worked for some pretty cool people like my first job out of university I worked for the British High Commissioner mm. I've cooked for like I think I want to say like at least four U.S. ambassadors. Mm. Um, like I've had some good jobs. I can't. I really can't complain. You've had a good um, career. Yeah, and it, and in between, I've worked with some other interesting people. Maybe not so creatively free, but you know, interesting nevertheless. As rich people go, and so <laughs> <laughs> I've been able to. I've been able to have a decent life, and I. I, I was sitting down thinking about it, and I'm like, sometimes you feel like you have such a rough, a rough life. But when I think about it, the things that I I consider to actually be rough was some was some pretty fucking good stuff. Like I really had, go. I really had some good things going on for me. And go. I got a lot of opportunities. I met a lot of people. Um, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I I good, and obviously I good. <laughs> Because here I am, still being good. <laughs> so what 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 got so, you into being a chef? You say to man, I want to go and cook. Let me put on this uh, outfit and Lord, start to cook. It's a funny story. So when I was making a decision to go to university, <clears throat> my grandmother took me to this man to free the job I wanted out of me. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's hear the story. So... When I came out of when I came out of high school, I wanted to be an architect, right? Okay. And so my grandma was like, "No, that's a man's job." And then she gave me this whole thing about how I can't do this because this job is for a man. And I was mm. like, "But this is what I want to do." I'm like, my favorite subject in school was technical drawing. Like I could totally see myself doing this, and that's what I wanted to do. So she took me to a pastor. Oh God! And I want to say God bless the dead, but I won't. Oh, so this man prayed, prayed this this spirit out of me that he said that I have because he didn't say I wanted to be a man. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> you have to any foolishness, and this is why I'm here religion. Like I just so happy for the place I get right now, because boy, Bahamians and their religion is a serious thing. So anyway, yeah. So he prayed that spirit out of me, so that I didn't want to be a man, and how I expect to have a husband if this what I want to do with my life. And I'm like, damn, I'm a chef, and I still don't have a husband. But anyway, that's me being over there. But um. <laughs> But, but yeah, that was that was the basis of it. And so um, I started looking at at other things for school that I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I I wanted to be a nutritionist because I was also really into food. At that time, I was a vegan. And I was like, well, I guess this is a great um, alternative path for me. I could, you know, um, teach people about eating better, about stuff with food, because that was something that I was also interested in. So when I had decided to to do that, um, I wanted to go to Johnson and Wales University mm-hmm. and I wasn't able, I wasn't able to get into J-Dub. Uh, I, it was a struggle. So they wouldn't accept my credits from COB or whatever. And I was like, why won't you accept my credits or whatever? And I don't know, it was one subject that I guess, um, in my BGCSEs that wasn't great enough for them. Mm-hmm. So I had to do like whatever, some classes to be able to get in. So I went to a junior college and did what I needed to do so that I was able to get into Johnson and Wales. And finally I was accepted. I was happy. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do this nutrition program. And then it turns out that they only had the nutrition program at the um, Providence campus uh, in Rhode Island. And I was like, bruh, sister girl cannot do the snow. I don't know if I could do the snow. Like I a tropical fish, I need tropical waters. <laughs> and so I reapplied and I applied for the Miami campus because I was like, I know, buddy, I don't think I could take this, um, this whole snow thing. Mm-hmm. Can't just throw myself in that snow. So I applied to, to the Miami campus and I got in and I went there, but they did not nutrition. I ended up doing culinary, which was fine at the time. I'm like, I'll eventually transition. Clearly that never happened. Yeah, that never happened. Uh, <laughs> 18 you know, that's, which, which is how life usually goes. And so I... I ended up doing culinary and um, and hospitality management, and I enjoyed it, and I fell into that life. And I was like, you know, I really love cooking, so this ain't no thing. And I really, I really threw myself into it, and um, I learned from a lot of of um, excellent chefs along the way who helped me, who taught me so much um, that I wouldn't have learned because I mean, school doesn't really teach you the things that you need to know for life, yeah. like. Right. It's, it's experience, you know. Yep. And so I was able to meet a lot of people that, that helped me and guided me in the right direction. And um, yeah, just learn. And I, yeah, I spent a lot of time in Miami just working and learning from my chefs and um, just making new connections with people. And and which was able to push me into the place that I that I needed to be professionally. And I knew that. After my internship, I knew that I never wanted to work in a hotel because it was the worst experience of my <laughs> life. Like, I went to work at a at a Ritz Carlton property, and I thought that because I loved staying at the Ritz Carlton, I would love working at the Ritz Carlton. Yeah, yeah. that is not, not a so. fact. Not so. <laughs> it was awful. I was like, "This is horrible," and like that was one of the first times that I had experienced real racism in America, Ooh. which made me knew that I didn't want to be there. Um, like I, the, the neighborhood that I lived in, like it was a really rich town and okay. the neighborhood that I lived in was kind of very Caucasian. Mm. And so um, I remember walking home from work and like the police is following me with a light on me. Like, what are you doing around here and all that stuff? 
and this is when with everything that confirmed me, America is not for me. Yeah. Because I know about this right here and I ain't doing it. So um I was and glad to be done with you're, that. You're not even that dark to be be following. So <laughs> imagine someone like me. Jesus. Hey, boy, listen. Hey, mad if you light skin black, eh? Wow. <laughs> wow. Black is black. And so that was like a, an experience for me. And another night they followed me. It was raining and they didn't, the police would, they wouldn't even say, I'm like, y'all already know I live around here. But they say, they're like, we just making sure you get home safe, ma'am. No, you weren't. <laughs> you were not making sure that I get home safe, ma'am. Y'all was just following me and profiling me to my door. And when I get home, I'm like, it's raining. Like, you could have say, hey, jump in the car. Let me take you where you go in. Since you yeah. say you live right here. You know what I mean? Nah. Nah. Mm-mm. They just they just followed me with a big light shining on me the entire time. There was a so, lady walking in our neighborhood. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to exactly. get that. Exactly. So, what, 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 so that was no other choice for you to do that? Like, that's where they sent you? Like, you couldn't be like... no. That's where I chose to go. I chose to go wow. to this property and I thought that it would be great. Like I was really happy about it. It was, it was a decision I made for myself, but once it was made, it wasn't like I could get out of it. So okay, I just okay. had to deal with it. Yeah. Sucks. It is what it is. You can't just go on a job. Be like, Oh, I don't like this no more. I want to stay here. No, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta deal with it. So not working, wanting to work in a hotel. That definitely cut out coming back to the Bahamas and working in our hotels. Yeah, so, I yeah. I was like I did not want to work and I did not want to work in a hotel and so that was not on my list of things to do when I got home and I was able to um, have connections with the right people because during my time working at um sorry in in college I was able to work at the um, U.S. Embassy with someone right. that I knew there at the time and so he really liked me the ambassador at the time he liked me and he. Um, made sure to get me some connections along the way and he was like you know what do you want to do and then there was a new British High Commissioner coming in and he he hooked me up he was like I'm going to get you an interview I did an interview I did a tasting for them they loved me and bam there you go life started for me and I I was (laughs) able to have a successful career as a personal chef and that looked good on the resume didn't it it sure did and so people look at that and they think a lot of things and maybe all of the things ain't true, but it's good when people think certain things about you. So I'm going to roll with it. And yeah. it was, it made for a good life. Yeah. It was a great start. And from there, I was just able to meet, you know, other really, really awesome chefs and be able to learn things and you know, also teach other people things. So, you know, that's always good, not just to be able to take, but to also give back. And so I completely enjoy it all of those experiences that I was afforded through being through being a chef. Me so do you think really cool people I cook, I cook for some pretty famous people along the way. All right. Can you call names? My fir- my first famous person that I that I'll always remember would be um Sean Connery. Okay. I guess the, the official Bahamian resident. I was about but to like, say, yeah, I know man. Yeah, but I really enjoyed cooking for him. And like he came in the kitchen and he talked to me and all of that stuff. And I was like, I know this man ain't gonna remember me, but this meant a lot. You know, doing selfies wasn't really a thing at that point in time. I have no pictures, <laughs> but but it happened. 
Yeah, you know they say I if know. you don't have a if you don't have a picture, it ain't happen. It, it happened exactly. That didn't happen. You didn't put it on Instagram. That didn't happen. <laughs> what? Yeah, that was two thousand three. That definitely did not go on any Insta anything. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, and I guess tons of other people along the way. I can't even remember a lot of them because things like that don't matter to me. Like only now, I would look at people's Instagram. I'd be like, damn, I should have. I should have remembered this. Yeah. Or I should have taken more note of yeah. that. But it was it was just stuff that didn't matter to me. But I realized it mattered to a bunch of other people. And I guess it still don't matter to me because I could see whoever right now and it still don't make a difference to me. Like how people is be getting off off a scene or being in a picture with someone. Like that type of stuff just doesn't bother me. Like if right now I was to walk into Lizzo, okay, never mind. I would take a picture with Lizzo. With <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm just saying... <laughs> The way that it bothers some people, it really, it really don't, it don't, like, if it don't go on my Instagram, I can die. All right. That's good. So I'm here it is. I'm still trying to figure out how to take, uh, how to take good pictures of my Instagram. Maybe you should do a class on that. Yeah, that's true, eh? Let's try it out. Instagram world. Yeah. I think the mm-hmm. kids more, more so used to that now, but angle oh, and the old, the old people shot. need to know, though. The, the yeah. kids know how yeah, to do it. Yeah. The old people don't know how to do it. <laughs> Instagram for over 40 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll work. So here it is now. So the pastor pray out your manly desires to be an architect. You couldn't yeah. get your nutrition. <laughs> and now that that is hilarious. I gotta lie. That is hilarious. But that again goes back to the mentality of yeah. which they were mm-hmm. taught and which they tried to instill on us. But I think our generation was just we were just always unruly when you think about it. You were just always yeah. unruly. So that didn't work, which would explains why millennials are the way they are right now, or not millennials. Sorry, what's what's the next one now? Why? Like your daughter, yeah. what's your daughter's son? Which generation is that now? I don't even. Gen, know. I don't. I don't even know. I have no idea what you call that. Well, whatever they Wild. are, they, they they have their own thoughts. Nice <laughs> they do their things they, their own way. So, because they, I hear some, I heard something. Even when you wanted, when <laughs> the prayer was over. You you mm-hmm. you negotiated with yourself saying, Oh, I like kinda like cooking, so I could do nutrition. This can kind of work. Was if you had become an architect, do you still think you would have stayed in that or you would have still transitioned to food? Because it seemed like food just follows you. I don't know, because I've actually um met people from high school, like seeing them and they'd be like, I always thought you would become a job. And I'm like, Really? Like, why? <laughs> yeah. But apparently, I used to sell food in school. I didn't even remember that. You used but to sell food? What you mean? What? Yes, Wait, you used to cook like, the sell this, food or you just used to sell Listen, that sounds crazy, right? I used to sell, I used to make um, these sandwiches and whatever and sell it at school. <laughs> that sounds crazy, right? Like, we have a cafeteria, but I used to sell food at school. Like, yeah. but I was... Let's put it like this. I was always a hustler. I realized that. Like, I remember in high school, I used to have needle and thread. I used to have Advil. I used mm-hmm. to have um, everything. I used to have pads, whatever you could possibly need, Band-Aid. I had that in my bag, and I was selling that. If you need that, <laughs> you can make I was making money, right? <laughs> like, I was always making money. I always figured out a way to make that money. And so... That's one thing I could tell, but it'd be say about me. I I would figure it out. So you support. So, so your friends, so you they always knew you were going to be a chef, but you didn't see. Yeah, it. no, I didn't. I I just thought I was greedy. 
I tell you, I love food. I really do. Yeah. That's right. And so food did follow you then. Food followed yeah. you wherever you need to go. So now it you're just moving into a new, new, like I say, a new level, the next level up. You've done the yeah. chef thing. You've done cooking for people. The next step. Yeah. Wow. It's just a different side of me, I guess. That's all it is. Like, I guess I could never truly outrun the food. Like, obviously, yeah. that's not going to happen. So I'm not even worried about it anymore. If it happens, it happens. I mean, here in Vietnam, it's like I have to I have to figure out how to make money. So you know what I have to do? I have to sell food. Like, I sell plates. Right. And so I'm offering something that, that's not here, like, which is Caribbean food. Like, I got up in here and I'm like, let me make some jerk sauce. And, you know, I'd be making wings. I make pea soup and dumpling. I do like whatever. And I sell food here. And they're like, this right. is different. Yes, it's different. And so you're getting something that you won't get here and you're getting some good food. Now I'm a bit, I think that I'm a very shy person. Some people may beg to differ. Yes, but I me. think that I'm a very, I'm a very <laughs> shy person. So it's kind of difficult for me to get out there and start pushing what it is that I do. But once I have once I have the platform, I guess I am okay. Um, but yeah, I just I uh, another thing that I actually enjoy doing is um, like game night. And so I've okay. been doing I've been doing um, game night for the past month, I think, online with Bahamians all around the world. Like mm-hmm. I get on I get online on Zoom and. I have people in my group from all over the place and we having fun and having a good old time. Like, and I don't mix it up with anyone else because I'm like, nobody can understand us and our fun. You know what I mean? So but games like um, what, what, what kind of games you play online? Um, we play Pictionary, Taboo. Okay. Um, we play Family Feud, whatever. Like all kinds of things. Okay. And so I figured out ways to to like have entertainment during this difficult time because I realized that a lot of people were stressed and I was like, maybe I could do something that could help people with, you know, relieving stress and stuff like that. So that was why I started doing the game night initially. And it was something that, that I think people really appreciate. I'm going to do my last game night this coming um, Friday night, which will mm-hmm. be the final Fridays for my game night. Cause now I'm tired because that means I have to get up on Saturday morning to run the game night. So, it's Friday night at um, at nine o'clock for y'all, which yeah. is um, Saturday morning at eight for me. So that means I got to get up early on a Saturday to do that. Yeah. And so, but I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, but I also, it's something that I really enjoy doing it. So what I've started, I, this week is going to be my first week of hosting game night here in denying. So what I'm doing is I'm putting together, like, it's going to be trivia night and game night where people are going to come out, you pay, you pay to play. And, okay. okay. And once you pay to play, you get um, the team, the winning team wins the pot. And mm. so, yeah, like I said, I have to figure out ways for me to be okay here. Because so not out. if they win the pot, do you get a percentage of the pot? Yeah, I, I take a percentage of the okay. pot. And okay. then, and then, and then the team that wins, they take home, they take home their prize as the boss. So how you go work? Does you have an interpreter with you or something? No. Do you know how many expats are here? There are tons of us. Like I posted in the expat groups. I posted oh, in the black groups. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's expats. It's not going to be um, the locals. It's yeah, the expats that's going to be coming out and playing or whatever. Like we always looking for stuff to do. And so, 
that's that's going to be my contribution to them and to me to be able to um you know do something that I actually enjoy hosting yeah, yeah. and so I'm going to put together the game night so uh, it'll switch between like I ordered a taboo online so we're going to do taboo this week and then the next week we're going to have trivia so it'll be different things because not everybody like board games some people like trivia some people like thinking so you know I'll, I post it and say what it is and people know when they come in out what they're going to get it's a win-win situation we're all entertained yeah, you know pretty much so that could so, work out if you're being locked down and something to do yeah, so, so during lockdown, I gave it to the Bahamas. Now we go to lockdown. I go out here. Let me see if I could make some money to pay these little bills I got yeah. out here. You see, <laughs> still got to eat. <laughs> exactly. You still got to do something. Got to eat, got to eat. I have to ask this question because I know someone might ask about it. Moving um, back to your plan where you say you wanted to move to Thailand for about it, Thailand. Is, it, is, the, is the H silent? I don't know if it, it's it Thai it's, or Thai. It's, it's Thai. Thai, okay. So, mm-hmm. making a decision to move to Thailand for about a year. Um, mm-hmm. Is it like the U.S. where you have to check in or you only could stay for a certain amount of time? Like, what's the what's the logistics around going to a country for that long? And then, if you want to work, like, do you need a work permit in certain places? Like, how are you going to be doing this game thing? It's just for fun. But if you yeah. want to do something like, hey, I'm going to, open up a, not even open up a restaurant, just a little something at my house. Like, do you know about the logistics around that? Is there any issues in this, these countries? Or is it just like, well, you just don't get catch? <laughs> okay. So let's start with Thailand. So Thailand, with going to Thailand, you can get a visa, Bahamians, let me put it like that, Bahamians can get a visa for six months, a tourist okay. visa for six months. If you want to go there for educational purposes, you could put in for an education visa there. They have like at least 40 different types of visas you could put in for. Hmm. You could have a retirement visa. It could be education. You could go to learn Muay Thai. You could go to learn to speak Thai. So you can put in for whatever visa that it is what you want. I got the tourist visa because I wanted to feel it out and see what it is that I wanted to do before I move forward and and get any other types of visa. So right. I put in that six months and I'm like, you know, I could just put in another six months and stay. So um, once I had spent, once before I had gotten to the end of my six months, I already knew what my next plan would be. And it wasn't going to be to stay in Thailand beyond the year that I had initially planned. Right. because family purposes yeah dealing with my kids but my son came to visit he was like mommy i really enjoy thailand but can you be someplace that i don't have to be on a plane for 32 hours <laughs> so yeah so you know i felt him on that because and then i started thinking i'm like if something happens to someone it takes me such a long time to get home yeah. or the fact that if something happened with me or zamira here um what people would have to go through to get a visa to get here because yeah. um you know, it takes about five days to get the visa. And then you also have to have like X amount of money to get on a plane to get to get there. So these things considered, I was like, you know, um, I'm going to give Thailand the last six months that I had intended to. And then I am going to move to another location, which I won't be disclosing yet okay, at this time. No and And so for that, like there's no working. However, most people that are travelers don't usually work physically in that place most of them work online there are tons of people that teach online Uh, there are people that are ghost writers and they do a lot of writing projects and stuff for people online they do a lot of blogging and so we have 
in, in Chiang Mai. And I guess that's why where the comfort was, there's tons of digital nomads that live there. So mm. that's kind of the lifestyle that people have there. There are people that come there and they have, they get a work permit and they teach in the schools. Yeah. Okay. So that money is, may not be the greatest, but some people want that experience for their resume for whatever reason. Everyone has a different reason for why they travel, you know, halfway across the world. So, <laughs> but there are a few Americans and stuff that I've met that work in schools physically in Thailand, but the majority of them, they teach online. They teach Chinese online because um, there's a lot of requirements apparently in China now where they have to learn English. And so they have, there's a big, there's a big call for um, English teachers online. So I acquired my TEFL teaching English as a foreign language certification so that I could teach online and do all of this stuff as well, okay. because okay. this is the culture of the traveler, because that's always a job that you can do. Now, where I may not necessarily want to teach English as a foreign language, I have that option so that there's never an opportunity where I am going to go hungry because yeah. I have an option. You know what I yeah. mean? Makes and sense. so that's what happens there. Um, they're kind of strict in Thailand about working. Mm -hmm. um, there are other countries around Southeast Asia that they aren't so strict. For instance, Laos. I have a friend that lives in Laos and she was like, you know, she's never had a work visa. She's been there for three years. Wow. She works every day. So it's like, it depends on, you know, where you are. Thailand is a bit strict on it because Thailand is after that money. They want to get whatever money you could pay them to do whatever that you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, it's my understanding that in Vietnam, it's not as strict. Um, once you weigh making more money than their rich people, they're good. You know <laughs> what I mean? Makes like sense. you could do what you, you could do what you want to, but don't come around here thinking you could take, take us over. So once you don't think you're about to come and take over their industry and a uh, particular industry or whatever with them, yeah. it's fine. Um, like in Thailand, you could, you can start a business. Like let's say I wanted to open up a restaurant or whatever. I can open a restaurant, but it just has to be 51% owned by someone Thai. Oh, same same with buying a home. So, like, and I think that's why a lot of foreigners will get married to um to a Thai person so that they could feel a little bit more connected to that person that they're making an investment with. With yeah. So, you know, so that's the type of thing. Like, you can't buy land now in Thailand. You can buy you can buy like an income property, like in a high rise. You could buy a unit in a high rise, a condo or whatever, but you can't mm. buy the land. Ah, uh, okay, okay. But there are so many great opportunities to um, purchase um, units and stuff there. Hit me up if you need anything. Like, <laughs> I'll help you out. But it's really great opportunities to um, be able to purchase really beautiful units. Like, they come, like, with everything. And then you just put on Airbnb and you rent it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking your, of just now. Yeah, when you, know, you said that. You make your money, you make your money that way. So there's tons of opportunity. And I, I see them do it all throughout Asia, even here, like in this um unit in this building that I'm um renting a unit in. It's it's called um a serviced apartment, a serviced mm -hmm. residence. And so what that is is so it's set up kind of like a hotel room, kind of like an apartment. So it's an apartment. But it comes with um, it comes with like stuff for you to cook. It has a stove and fridge and microwave and all of those things. But you get cleaning twice a week. They come okay. and they change your towels, they change your sheets, and they clean your room and everything like that. So it's a service department. Mm. And so even like with these service departments, I'd realize that you would see them on Airbnb. So I live in this unit in this building, for instance. I was the first person to live in this building. But I see this apartment listed on Airbnb and I'm like, why is this price different from what I pay? I Did want you? that price, <laughs> you know, but what they do is 
they someone will buy a unit in here and yeah. then put it on Airbnb. Right. And so they're making their money. So the people they run in their apartment, how they want to run it, but then 15, 20 people may own units in here and then they could also rent it out to whomever they want to rent it out month to month or whatever basis they rent it out on. So the price for real estate over there is not that much then when you look at the value of the dollar. Uh, is no, it it's, 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 really, it's really good. Like I've seen, like in Bangkok proper, like I've seen really great um, condos mm-hmm. for like two bedroom, two bathrooms for like 90,000 US. <laughs> Jeez, crap. You can barely get exactly. a vacant property in the bottom. Nah, so exactly. Else. So it's like there are, like you would get a one, I've seen one bedrooms for like 65,000. Mm. So it's like there are opportunities for you to be able to be like, guess what? Let me just jump on this. If me and you do this right now, we could see our money come back. You have, you have three weeks, you could go to the apartment if you wanted. I have three weeks, I could go to the apartment the rest of the time. We split this money, let's make this money. Yeah. You know, let's do the damn thing. But you know, most people don't work together like that. I mean, I see the Asians and stuff. They do it all the time. They aim and so on, get it together. We get you. We always, like, 25 years behind the rest of the world. So Always, always. Because if that's the case, man, it seems to be better to invest way outside the country. Get exactly. those apartments, like you say, rent them out. Especially when people start traveling again. You make that yeah. money from that and then invest. Just keep on investing around the world. I mean, imagine it's already built out. Like, yeah. you don't have to do nothing. Like you put two beds, a fridge, and a microwave inside there, and you you good to go. That's it. Wow. It, it's not that many things that you would need to do. Like you could spend, you could spend, and here, like when you buy it, you know, on this side of the world, you could spend what three, four thousand dollars and furnish an entire apartment. Yeah, I would imagine. Jeez. So I mean, there are definitely opportunities. You know. Me and up, now, loves <laughs> because now that you even mentioned that, like um, a mm-hmm. friend of mine, a photographer, uh, some years ago, when he just sold everything, his house, his cars, most of his clothes, he just downsized. And he's been just traveling the world ever since. Um, and he makes his money, one, through one, doing videos and photography mm-hmm. and teaching people. Like in every place, you, you would you would go to his YouTube account and you would see this is where he is. And he's doing some photo shoot with some local that he found as in a modeling agency or whatever. And he makes his money that way. And like you said, blogging, because he also writes about photography. So he makes his mm-hmm. money that way. And he just travels from country to country, place to place. And that's his life. Now, yep. you would I would see that more with Americans doing that a whole lot. Because like, yeah, you know, they, they do as they please sometimes. But you're the first behemoth I know that do that. Like you mentioned like you have friends who've been, in certain places for seven years or however long, but I've never really ran across like no one I know from my high school or who I met in college has left the Bahamas or went beyond United States to live. <laughs> you know, none. Yeah, <laughs> that's not it's not yeah. something. But I know people want to do it. Um, yeah, people do. People do want to do it. Like I know people in tons of places now. Like. I know, um, I know someone who was in, I know a Bahamian that's in South Korea. Mm. Um, I have a, an old school maybe that's in Greece right now. Like, I mean, people are, we everywhere right now. I mean, unfortunately here in Vietnam, I heard that there's one other Bahamian here that 
that the embassy knows of, at least. And she said that he was asking her because he heard that another Bahamian was here, but he's in another city, <laughs> which is kind of far. But um, in this city, in Denang, I've met four Haitian people, which is okay. insane. Where the, ba- where the Bahamian people is? Like, I'm yeah. like, why we in everywhere, you know? <laughs> because we can't get out of our own heads to yeah. do nothing. Yeah. And every time when I tell people that I'm in Vietnam, they'd be like, you ain't scared? Like, how many years ago was the, v- was the war here in yeah. Vietnam? Like, tell me. Like, what am I afraid of? Tell me exactly what. We're afraid of and, people. And that's the thing. And I'm every so- time when people say that, you know, that I, I tell people that I'm in this place or I'm in the next place, their first thing is, you ain't scared? You ain't scared, yeah. Of what, babe? Like, well, you should ask them if you ain't scared. You know where you live? <laughs> <laughs> You think about that for a second. Okay. You like, I'm not it. ever going to put myself anywhere that is, like, that that's in unrest or war or anything like that. Like, I'm never going to put myself in those type of positions. So, yeah. no, I don't have any reason to be scared because I allow myself to be in safe places that bring me peace. I think that's the key, you know. Like, for example, um, when I first went to Honduras, to Gutsigalpa, and mm. I didn't do my research, and I went there mm. doing election time. I didn't know the election mm. was that volatile. Okay, when yeah. when when you come into the hotel, there are two security guards at the gate to get in the door. There's another two security guards, and then at the desk to check in is another guard, and they're all wearing guns. <laughs> I'm like, so I had to ask the lady, like, what's what's happening? She's like, oh, you know, we're going through elections now, and like, like, okay, is that a big deal? She's like, yeah, some people have been killed. And it's like, what? <laughs> so yeah, she was telling me, I had a whole plan to like, dude, I'm going to catch the bus. I'm going to go here. She's like, no, <laughs> please, no, don't. This is not the time for that. Don't. So like I had to catch legit taxis to go certain places. Like they would say, uh-huh. oh, yeah, this one is cool. And I'm trying to tell the guy like, no, you're going to wait for me. I'm not, I'm not calling no one okay. else. You wait till I come back out. Exactly. So, yeah, you just don't put yourself in those in those predicaments and you're going to be safe. Like, right, and, exactly. Um, Mexico, I really enjoyed Mexico. I was all over the place walking around this black guy in Mexico. Um, and you be that long enough, you're going to start picking up the language. You use, yeah. I think the only thing where that happened in Mexico, um, I was so far from the hotel and sun was setting. I don't like to be out too far when sun's setting. So I was like, oh crap, time to get home. And so yeah, I flagged a, yeah. a taxi down. And this guy looked like he came straight out of a gangster movie. Seriously, no joke, gangster. And like, I did not know that the, the taxi drivers, um, they run certain routes. Like, they can't leave certain areas. So I jump yeah. inside the cab and I told him where I wanted to go. I was saying as um, Palenco, I think it was. And he looked at me, no, no, senor, no. And how he said it, it reminded me of those Western movies. Like, <laughs> like he ready to draw. <laughs> I'm like, like, let me get on this beyond. Yeah, let me get on this man taxi for something happen. Yeah, but Mom. other than that, and and when I was in Mexico, it was around the Day of the Dead. So okay, cool. Uh, you know, I I watched the parade. Everybody was cool. No one really freaked the hell out. Um, of yeah. course, they had security at the hotel. I always look for hotels like that that have security just in case. You know, because you're yeah. a foreigner. But where I was staying was like in the um, um, the business district and. Okay. Certain people are not even allowed in that district, so I felt pretty safe walking around there. Okay. You just gotta, you just gotta be sensible about it, you know. Yeah, you got does it. You gotta do this thing with sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta you know, do it with sense. Yeah, but that's good, man. I really, I really, I really enjoyed this talk that we have in radio. I know a lot of people 
would like to talk to you. So if you're going to do this jump coach thing, how can people reach you? Uh-huh. How, how can I find you? Like, I need you to talk to me about this. Give me some information. How can people contact you? Okay. So you can find me on Instagram at day loves to eat. Is that D A Y or D E D A D A Y the number two day loves to eat with the number two. And so that's how you can find me or you can email me at day loves to eat at gmail.com. And yeah, that's me. And you could talk to me about whatever we could set up an appointment to get this stuff going because I realize that a lot of people are trying to make decisions. And this is a good time now because people are realizing how they can be so much without actually going to a job right now. I mean, some people are realizing that some people are feeling like nothing without their jobs. But a lot of people are also realizing that, hey, I could actually do this. I don't have to be inside of an office to feel like a decent functioning human being. And so um, this is a good time to start to think about the change. And it's not going to be overnight. You just have to know that it is a process. And once you start um, working on that process, you know, it's only a matter of time. You set a date, you set a goal, and you just make that goal, make it happen. Um, I can be there to assist you in this process because, you know, it's what I do. You know, I think you just made an interesting point um, about making that change because here it is what COVID-19 actually did. It forced a lot of companies and businesses to do things virtually now. So people are working mm-hmm. from home and they have to readjust. So travel becomes easier when this thing is lifting because you know you can do your job from right. behind a, a laptop. You can have a meeting. Exactly. So, yeah, I think more people should take that take advantage of it. This will be the new norm when you really think about it. So it why not? Is, yeah. It's the time to make that. And so we, you gotta right, you gotta walk into walk into your destiny because you know, like if this entire um pandemic can happen and you're still standing, you could figure out a way to get through almost anything. And so this is the time to make those decisions. You just like I said, you just once you make your plan and you stick to it. If you have someone to have accountability with, which is what I want to be your accountability partner, you know, you can make all of this stuff happen you can, yeah. and you can make it happen with, with a little more ease than the normal, you know? Yes. Because sometimes we really just do need someone to talk to us and encourage us because everybody else may be against you. And, you know, you hear, or you see these memes or you hear people say, you can't tell everyone about your dream because not everyone thinks as big as you think. Not everyone thinks on the level that you're thinking on. So mm-hmm. they can't see your dreams. You can't tell your big dreams to small-minded people. Yeah. So if you have someone that can, you know, kind of understand what it is that you're dealing with, what you're going through, I mean, there are people out there here wondering if they should buy a dog and they're having a real struggle with it. Like, <laughs> should I really buy a dog? But, you know, what's big for you may not be so big to other people, but it's still a struggle that, we, that we're dealing with. And, you know, people have said said this to me. People have come to me and asked me questions like this. I have people in my inbox. What did you do? How did you do it? What should yeah. I do? How should I do it? Mm-hmm. And they ask me about countries that I may have even considered going to. What should I do? And I'm like, the first thing you should do is this. And the second thing you should do is that. And, you know, it doesn't matter where it is that you're going. A lot of the steps are the same. So it's just about knowing what it is, setting your goals, and knowing the first, second, third steps that you need to take to get to that point. That is awesome, man. That's really powerful. All right. So Dave Chanel Swan, also known as you Dave, keep, she you, loves to you eat. Keep, you, 
Yes. You keep calling the station out. <laughs> How's it pronounced? So I, I just like, you don't hardly use that name. So I'm like, I'm going to use it. <laughs> no, don't use it because I don't use that name because if you call me that, I'm answering you. I know. <laughs> you I know. <laughs> All right, Dave. Day loves yes, to eat yes. on Instagram. Day, just call it day. That's all you have to say. That's <laughs> pretty good. And yes, Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Yes, Instagram and Facebook. I really want to appreciate it. I really appreciate you coming on and listening. Uh, sorry, talking on this podcast so people can hear your story and they can realize that they too can do the same thing. If they need help, they can always contact you because we all need that little push. So we, we all have that... Uh, parent or grandparent who will take us to the pastor to pray out whatever we were thinking about. Don't let them kill your dreams. Please don't let anyone kill your dreams. That I will never forget that. That's interesting. But thank you so much for waking up early to have this, this, this discussion with me and for everyone to actually hear this. And I really, I want to keep up with you to see exactly what happened. So hopefully I'll bring you back on the show. When you've relocated and ready to discuss of where your new location is. Yes, so, yes. So instead of where in the world is San Diego, where in the world is day? I think you should make that your, yes. your website. Uh, maybe that may be coming soon. Who knows? Yeah. Thank where you. is where is day? Yeah, where's day? I like that. Where is day? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, man. So thank you so yeah. much. Anything last you want to say? Because I think you said so much for the for the audience out there. Um have well, you I, have I what? Have you gotten everything else that you want to tell them? Like, I mean, the motivation is there. I mean, because I'm I'm yeah. ready now to go plan some things I wanted to do for a while. Uh, this is the yeah, time. Yeah, I think I think that I think that I pretty much said everything. I just wanna um, thank you so much for having me on this platform, so that I can be able to get out to people because I really want to be able to talk to people about this stuff, and you know, even. When I was coming home, I had planned to have a day to um, have a brief talk with people about about the same type of stuff. And the person that I was trying to set it up with was like, you know, I don't think that you're experienced enough to be able to tell anyone what to do. And, you know, people will always try to put you in a in the place they want you to be in because yeah. people decide where they want you to be. They, it sounds really crazy and weird, but people make the decision that, hey, I don't think that you you should do this. Or I don't want you to do that. And so they try to put you in that place. But yeah. I know that people need something from me and I'm here to share my experiences and share everything that it is that I have learned so far because I think it's important. I wish I had someone to do it with me for the moments that I did have people that were assisting me. I'm so thankful for them. Mm -hmm. And so if I could be of any assistance to anyone in their journey and, you know, truly coming into their purpose, I would really love to do that. And so I am here with all of my experience and knowledge. Some of it is firsthand. Some of it is what I have learned along the way. And there's nothing better than learning from people um, who've already been through things that can, help you to avoid huge mistakes yeah. and so i'm here i'm here like just hit me up the internet is open it's open for the world i don't have to be at any one location to talk to anybody and um <laughs> let's make that connection and i don't know hopefully soon i could be doing my um, travel tours again and i could just be doing everything that makes me feel good and um, puts me in a puts me in a place of peace and loving myself because that's right now what my life is about. It's about loving myself and putting myself first. Good, that's awesome. 
All right. Thank so once you. Again, thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So you're here to hear on Talking Fool with, Baham- with the Bahamians, uh, made for Bahamians by Bahamians. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Talking right Fool is a very serious thing. Talking Fool is a crying shame. Talking